You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking to Alicia Larkey about adding intimacy into your marriage. I am so glad that we have a two-wing three talking about this. She is in the two-nine glow pairing, so we're going to hear a little bit about that too, but really, she is taking us all on the journey to understand and to fight for and to just recharge that intimacy space in our marriage, and she does talk a little bit about sexual intimacy, but intimacy in general is something that she's going to explain to us is even bigger than that so that we can have not only sexual intimacy, but intimacy across many levels. So I'm so thankful that Alicia, as one of my Enneagram and Marriage Certified students and a coach before that, and obviously after that too, with brides, her husband coaches baseball. Uh, These two are Disney professionals. You're going to see that she brings so much to the game of life, of marriage, and vibrancy. And I'm just like, I, I really am super honored that she went through my certification training I'm so glad she's out there helping couples and she has a lot to give. Huge heart, but great boundaries, a great model marriage and and not perfect. She is not going to be that person who we just did our deep dive on type two. She's not going to be that two who's saying everything's easy and I never have to work at it, but she is going to tell us that there are surefire tips and steps that you can do to bring it. So thank you today to Alicia for bringing it. And of course, I want you to check out all her goodies in the show notes. She has the most beautiful website and obviously just very talented. Before we get to her, I also want to say a huge happy Valentine's Day. If you are listening live, then I hope you just enjoy your time with us here today. And if you're tuning in and not married, or even if you are, don't forget we just did a special notebook and Encanto typing uh, episode that you can also check out. I wanted to make sure singles were also covered this Valentine's Day because sometimes you guys are like, hey, I want to learn about Enneagram and marriage, but I'm not married yet, or maybe I'm not married anymore. And I just want every to have a chance to celebrate love. So check that episode out. My daughter Hannah and I had a lot of fun. Also, I want to make sure that you guys know I have so many resources over at anyramandmarriage.com. And my favorite one to remind you of is deep dives. And if you're like, I am stuck and we are in a rut, then please go check those out because we take you so deep through each and every type. And Alicia was part of my deep dive class too for those where we t- I took each of those coaches through another level of training. And we just, we dug in so deep that that I think that now we're at the space where we're like, okay, we have a really solid roadmap for each type in marriage. And that's been kind of uncharted territory in the Enneagram world. People talk about it, people work on it, but it's nice to be able to say, let's delve in all the way um, or as far as you can go. I mean, can you really ever go all the way with a personality? But we do. We take the journey as far as we could professionally, relationally take it and give you all the tools and tips. So I hope that's helpful to you. And the conference was so fun last week. I cannot believe we had people from all over the world. Some of my coaches showed up. I now have 20 ENM people either in training or that already are coaches out there. So my sites are already, of course, future thinker on the next one. Like, oh, I need to incorporate my team more because I also have my local team. So I'm really thankful, excited. But most of all, the biggest takeaway I got from that conference was I was going into my head so much for giving everyone information and tools for Valentine's Day. And and you can even watch the replay too. Uh, I just created a new YouTube site, just very simple for Enneagram Marriage, but really nice to just, you know, 
give those tips, but I really felt taking time in my heart before I got uh, to sharing and even before the conference started, I was reminded that I wasn't adding in much heart space to the conference. And so it took a major turn after three different times of editing the event and how I wanted to share my slides and such. And I added in a relaxation exercise for us. And uh, we had a playlist going of really romantic songs. And before, as we were waiting for the conference to start, and it just shifted me so much. So I just want to remind you guys, make some shifts into your heart. If you're a body type, or if you are a thinking type, or even if you're a really busy heart type, don't forget to come back to your heart for celebrating love, intimacy, Valentine's. So those are my tips for you. And I hope that you guys have a great day whenever, wherever you're listening. And I will let Alicia take it away for us now. Alicia, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this for so long. So thank you for having me. Oh, awesome. Alicia, you have been such a bright spot in our class. You really have been just such a wealth of wisdom and energy and enthusiasm. And I know you and your husband are thriving. So nobody's saying we're all perfect, right? Right. But (laughs) you have so many tips to share. So thank you. Hey, oh, thank you for those sweet words. You know, that's going right to my two hearts. So thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. And being in your class has been life-changing, awesome thing for me as a human, and then being able to share that with people. So I'm grateful for you as well. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I love how we all have different gifts to teach. Even if I'm coming from that academic side, Alicia and other twos, we had a lot of twos saturating our class when Alicia first took it with the OG, we call it the original (laughs) group of our Enneagram and Marriage people. And it was like, God had a sense of humor to bring heart to head and body (laughs) types as well. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's a really, really good balance with that because, and, and it helps you for all of us to see that difference, to see the head types and hear how differently you guys come at things. And um, then for you guys to also hear that from us. So it's nice to hear how other twos too. So I'm like, yep, this is pretty two-ish. <laughs> I love it. Well, well, today we just knew we needed to get some two wisdom about just, we are in the romance month, as you know, and we yeah. want to hear, of course, your love story, but then we're also going to be hearing more tips for how to create intimacy together. So tell us first about how you and your hubby met. I know he's a nine. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I love our love story and I love sharing it. Of course, if you would say that, right? Relationship (laughs) always. Um, But basically Matt and I met um, when we were 19 years old at a Stone Temple Pilots concert. (gasps) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. So awesome. Wow. So we were at a Stone Devil Pilots concert. We were both 19 years old um, and have been together ever since that night. So Matt and I have been married almost 24 years. April will be our 24th wedding anniversary. And we're madly in love most days. Like you said, not everybody is perfect, but we really, really, really make an effort in our marriage. And I'm really excited to share some tips for that today too, as we get along. But yeah, we've, we met when we were 19. So we've had a, you know, we've got to live more than half of our lives together. We're now 40 somethings. And we have three awesome kids, two funny cats. So we have a nice full household going on. Yeah. And like you mentioned, he's an Enneagram nine. He has a wing one and his subtype is Mm self-preservation. I am an Enneagram two with a very strong three wing. And my subtype is one-to-one or what's known as sexual subtype. Mm -hmm. Um, Our three kids 
round out all of the other Enneagram types. <laughs> it feels like uh, our daughter, Natalie, she's 22 years old and she's a four wing five. Mm-hmm. And something really interesting about that. She's in an awesome relationship with a five wing four. So yeah. seeing that like four wing five and that five wing four come together and how that blends really well and mm-hmm. what their unique situation is, is really special to watch and be able yes. to be alongside them to encourage. That's, That's been really fun. And, and especially even being able to share your guides on that. So I highly encourage everyone yeah. to check out your pairing guides because that's Thank also you. been really helpful for me to share the wisdom that I learned from your pairing guides on your website. So I encourage oh. anyone listening to go check those out. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I love that pairing because we, Elena and I did that one to be just the one owl because mm. most of them have like two things coming together. But with that one, they're so similar that they're symbiotic and we're like, okay, yes. there's just one image for the four and the five together. <laughs> so yes. And yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's interesting. Cause you know, us parents, we all have dreams and hopes yeah. for our children and we pray for who their spouse might be and who's going to love them forever. Cause as we know, we grow into be adults and then our family becomes our main family. So I know that will be the same for her and I'll just yeah. be, you know, parents. And, yeah. and so it's really special to see that, that there is so many similarities there. Cause I think that can help support them really well. So, and then our middle child is Jackson. He just turned 20 years old and he is a strong eight, (laughs) eight as eight can be. We went through a lot of years of ADHD when he was younger. So I can relate to those moms out there who might've went through that as well. And those were tough years, but we managed it well by getting a really great team around him. And understanding what it was and how we could best come alongside him and help him. So I just want to also just throw out a little encouragement for those mamas going through that out there. He's now a healthy and happy adult. And the funny part is he is dating a two. So (laughs) like mama, I get to rib him and be like, Oh, so you chose someone like your mom, huh? (laughs) And she takes really good care of him and is very nurturing to him. And so that's really sweet. We love having her around. And we're just laughing last night because she has a list of uh, movies they're watching on her phone with check marks of what they have seen and what they haven't. And I was like, no way. I pulled mine up and I have the same <laughs> list. And we're so twinning in that way. So it's cute to um, select the style of nurturing I've given for him to also continue to receive. And that makes me happy mm-hmm. for him. Someone to be soft to his you know, edges of eightness. So, and then rounding out our family is our special, special, sweet youngest. And he uh, just turned 14 a few days ago. He's a social nine wing eight. So I'm living with two nines. Uh, He is one of the most loving and loyal and compassionate human beings on earth. And we often, anyone we run into who knows Landon will just come up to us and be like, wow, your son is just the sweetest human. He always says hello. He always acknowledges my presence. You know, these are parents who come up and teachers who come up to us all the time and are just like, just so present. And it's, it's really sweet. We feel very lucky. He's a very old soul and it's just so sweet to have us rounding out our family. So what a beautiful family. I mean, that is just awesome that you guys have worked so hard on your marriage because that is the dividends of that is that you have raised a beautiful tribe and they're thriving and doesn't mean they don't have their issues like we all do, but they're doing well because they've had a stable base and that is very meaningful. And I think families are the hallmark of society. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We all want stronger families. Some days we feel like our families might be falling apart. What are some tips before we get to intimacy tips for everybody? What do you feel like has been the secret sauce for your two nine to really glow brightly together and tell us about like what you guys are like when you're at your best. 
Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So our two nine pairing, just like every other one has its strengths and weaknesses, of course. And so I wanted to also bring Matt into this. So knowing that we were having this interview, I even asked him a few questions. So I picked like five general mm-hmm. pairing questions that are specific to us, our two and nine pairing. And that way too, people can hear also from a husband or man's perspective as well, yeah. and be able to see if they relate to that. If there are another nine, I'm actually, I've actually had a uh, couples who the man is a nine. So it's really nice to have that you know, perspective and be able to share that too, uh, with others. So, um, one of the things I asked Matt is what do you think are the strengths of our pairing? And Matt was sharing our opposite ways of dealing with parenting and our expressions of love or dealing with one of our kids when there's a little stress, uh, creates a really good balance as a parenting team, because we both come at things differently. We each have a different level of grace for our kids. So it kind of gets to be, instead of one of us being good cop or bad cop, we get to have a little more balance. So Matt has that good cop thing going with our daughter and I have the cop thing going with our sons. And then, and that's can be very related to Matt and our daughter are introverts and my sons are extroverts. So we really found both of us can pair up with each of our children in that way and spread out good cop, bad cop. So it's not always the mom being bad cop. (laughs) That is super nice to hear that. uh, For those who don't, a lot of our listeners don't have kids yet. And so just to hear like the things that drive you crazy about your spouse are really going to bless your children and they're going to reach places that you can't reach with them. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's a great um, thing at the end of the day to, to remember in your relationships as just one more thing to be grateful for. I'm grateful for his differences in those ways. So he also said that our love for our quality, peaceful alone time at the end of the busy day, we watch our favorite shows together. And he said, it's really great because Alicia gets that quality time that her tunis needs while curling up next to me and being with me, which is her favorite thing. He knows me so well. (laughs) And I get that complete chill out time with my happy wife, which feeds my nineness with who I want to be with doing absolutely nothing and just relaxing. And that is one of my favorite strengths. Our quality time desires are very similar. And I just thought that was such like an insightful answer that I got to hear from Matt. So I, I, Yeah. And I want to encourage people like, go do that. Ask your spouse what their perspective is on those strengths, those weaknesses. And, you know, I'll continue to share mine, but I want everybody to go do that because sometimes hearing from our partner, their perspective, is just one more like thing we can be grateful for about them. They do see us even when we think we're not being seen. Mm -hmm. So, and then mine is, I just, you know, I agree with Matt our quality time and, um, always turns into physical touch as well. So even though we, we aren't talking about intimacy yet, it leads into that. We're usually cuddled up on the couch, watching our shows. I'm always holding hands with him when we're sitting on the couch or we make sure to sit near each other. So it starts that intimacy before even getting to the bedroom, which is key and will be a key in my, in my talk later. So echoing, 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 not, yeah. <laughs> not in the podcast realm, but like here yes. and what she's saying, cause I see this a lot. Couples talk about how the beds they buy and the couches they buy matter. So go ahead. Greatly. Yes, exactly. Um, and we both have the same values in our parenting style as spouses. So we both have very high expectations that our marriage is a top priority and we do not settle for it being awful for too long. So there's just a little marriage tip I'll throw out there. Don't settle that you have to stay in the awful for so long. And I'll talk a little more about that later as well. Um, we both want peace and stability for the other person. And um, that's really always helped us too. You know, I continue to see Matt as a human and not just, oh, he's this person who made me mad about this thing. He's a human. I want him to be happy and fulfilled and, and at peace. And he wants the same for me. He wants the things for me, even if Wonderful. we get in that struggle space. So mm. um, we both always try to get back to the middle quicker than I find and hear from other couples. So I want to encourage mm-hmm. that. Try to get back to the middle, you know, mm-hmm. because 
staying, staying <clears throat> stuck in the anger. And this is one of my tips I'll share later. It doesn't serve anything. It definitely doesn't serve the marriage and it really doesn't serve either of you. So uh, we're both very expressive with our love for one another. So those are our favorite strengths. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you reminded youngest or even couples struggling in those middle years or older years, it really doesn't serve you or your day or them in their day if you stay mad. And some people will say, I can't help it. And maybe you can't fully resolve it. But what you can do is you can say, how can I remember, which I think you're saying is intuitive to the two nine pairing, uh, not to all of us, that the goal is that we would both feel okay through our day too, so that you're not just leaving each other unread basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that being seen, right. We all at the end of the day want to feel seen or validated. So you can still like, it's the whole concept. I share this a lot with people. Two things can exist at once. Mm -hmm. can be up for discussion later, but I can also still really want to have uh, mental well-being for myself yes. and for Matt. I love him. I'm planning to spend every day for the rest of my life with him. Why wouldn't I want that? So I really want people mm -hmm. to remember that, especially in marriage, whether it's new marriage or long-time marriage. You know, if you're sitting here today saying, I plan to be married for the rest of my life to this person, why, why contribute to waiting another day on that feeling good? Like it doesn't mean ignore the problems. I'm not Pollyanna-ing this at all. It really just means want better. Start there. Start and ask yourself, do I want this to feel better? Your answer is usually going to be yes, because that mean, means you feel better. So you've got to mm -hmm. want that for you and want that for them. And so yeah. it, it makes you just kind of reevaluate whatever the issue was yeah. in a different perspective. Oh, okay. You know what? I can set that aside and just reach out and touch a hand and make him feel like we're, we're good. We'll figure this out tomorrow. This is right. the person we love most. <laughs> it really helps for mental health you know, yeah. from a medical family, I can tell you yeah. these little touches, these little leaning in, turning towards behaviors, create less anxiety and brain neural receptivity. So these are amazing tips. Thank you. And I love hearing about your pairing. Um, and so tell us a little bit about we're leading into this. How can we foster intimacy? I'm so curious because you said this is really, it just, it doesn't start in the bedroom. It starts out of the bedroom. Tell us more about this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So first I kind of want to start off by saying, you know, if you're suffering from trust issues related to infidelity or abuse of any kind, obviously I want to suggest that you definitely talk to a therapist or a counselor and work through some of those things, because I definitely don't want anybody to think I'm just saying, oh, intimacy can happen like that. If you have some of those deeper trust issues that you need to work through first, definitely do those and then come back and re-listen to this podcast. Go ahead and save it, download it, and then come back and listen to this because you definitely want to be at that place where you have fostered some trust and it's safe in your marriage. Um, and then also that these tips can seem really simple at times. And that is because intimacy can be simple when you are putting the relationship even above yourself. Intimacy and connection, they require some level of trust. And that's so that can be really simple when the trust is there. Um, so if you're battling those trust issues, again, just, just reach out. There's Krista has a lot of great referrals right here on her website, endiogramandmarriage.com. So go talk to somebody and then come right on back here and continue. Um, today though, so I want to help with couples who are committed in a relationship and who might just be feeling stuck lately or overwhelmed by connecting intimately or passionately. First, I want us to all remember that we are in a pandemic and it's been going on for a couple of years. So we all need ourselves at grace and not beat ourselves up too much. We're all a little extra tired these days and mm -hmm. more often because life is feeling very different for all of us. Mm -hmm. So, and especially for our healthcare workers. So I just want to say a quick thank you to all of the healthcare workers who are front, yes. working on the front lines to take yes. care 
of other people and keep them, especially our family members. I know, I know Krista has been going through this with family members dealing with COVID. Um, the best man in our wedding, one of our dearest friends is right now battling severe COVID and double pneumonia in the hospital. Mm, so I just so want to thank all of our healthcare workers who are taking yes. care of them and that they're here also listening to work on their relationship. That's really special. And we just all love you and appreciate you. Yes. So yeah. Okay. So here we go. You want the magic tips, right? So yes, here they are. Here's the magic tip. There is no magic. Oh no, don't do it to us. Here it is. Ready? You are the magic. Your partner Ooh. is the magic. Your desire to want capital W A N T intimacy and connection and deeper affection for yourself and with your partner. That's the magic. A lot of people forget that intimacy is also for us. It's not just giving something away. It's not giving something to our partner. We deserve the warmth of physical touch and the feelings of safety and security and being loved that we also get through physical touch. So your effort is really the magic. Let me explain this. So we all want some expert to give us that dream tip that fixes it all. Well, in your relationship, you are the expert in my relationship. I am the expert. So here's what I can tell you. The truth is that I come across a lot of people who think intimacy can be taken like a medication or like it's a one-time thing to put effort into. Hey, give me that tip. I'm going to go try it. If he doesn't respond, that's his fault. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case. It's constant work and effort, just like dating was, just like friendship is, just like business is, meaning we're going to get out what we put into it. Right, Krista? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we fell in love with this person and we're now in a relationship with them. So if you need to remember and do some of that deep diving, maybe journaling, processing to uncover and remember what those things were when we were fell in love, you oh, need to yeah. make time and effort to do that. In fact, Krista has a great part of her book that I even really love to share with my clients. It's called Relate. It's a guide to marriage and relationship repair. And it's right there in chapter run, right when you start, she reminds us to remember that beginning and what we enjoyed about our partners when it was new. It's so important to see that humanness in our partners, like I was just discussing earlier, mm -hmm. and not just the flaws or the things that they did or that we want to hang on to. We want that unconditional love too. So we need to remember to give that grace to them because intimacy, like I said, and like you, you agree with and share all the time too, starts outside the bedroom, not inside the bedroom, mm -hmm. or at least in the majority of the time it starts outside the bedroom. It mm -hmm. starts with emotional and the mental ways that then can lead to the physical ways most often. Mm, I like how you're saying emotions and yeah. mind lead to body connections. Cause we're always trying to talk about those three centers. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And, you know, like we, you know, we talk about the triads and we're talking, you know, heart, mind, body. So it's kind of going back to that too, even understanding your triads, like all layers of the Enneagram can really help with this. So, and I understand too, that we all grow and we change over time and our bodies change and our hearts change and our minds change, but it's our responsibility to really seek to learn and to love those incredible qualities in our partner. And again, the key is for us to desire to want better for the relationship. So a lot of people will take and put intimacy responsibility again on the other person or on the reaction of the other person. So I told him I like flowers and here we go. A month later, he hasn't brought me any. Well, that's not fully intimacy and hanging on to that test quote unquote that you gave 
you know, that's just also contributing to the lack of intimacy. So you really want to put your relationship above you or above them. It's, you know, it's above you're listening today because you want that. I know you all do. You want that connection. And in some cases that repair, and let me tell you, and I'm sure Krista would say the same intimacy can be awesome repair. It really can. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. yes. It can be such yes. very healing for my husband. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. even sexual intimacy needs to be the healer from just his life stresses. So it can be yes. emotional intimacy can be a repair. And I think physical intimacy and he's a body type. So that might be body type related. Yeah. Yeah. And mine being, you know, nine with strong one wing can be, you know, body type too. And, and just even for mine as a nine, that peace factor, you know, he feels peaceful too with intimacy and he just loves like he, like he's, his answer was before how, how hard I love him. So showing mm-hmm. that through physical intimacy brings that peace that he seeks and, and, you know, for you guys, that connection and, and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So it means getting past anything, holding you back. So instead I want to encourage all of you guys, um, in the ways that you might be holding back the intimacy in your relationship. It starts with you. It starts with us. I take responsibility. If there is any shift in our intimacy levels, I stop, I look at it. I think about it. I don't just look to blame Matt. I don't want you guys to just blame your partner. I want you to stop and look at it. And then the next thing that I think is really, really powerful. And I want you guys to hear this. Don't think that everything is wrong when one thing is wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of people can be like, well, it's just not there. And maybe it's not there right now. And maybe it hasn't been there for a little bit, but don't believe that because it's not there right now, or it hasn't been there, that it can't be there. It can, we get to take responsibility today. You get to take that one step for you. I can sit here and tell you and wish and hope that your partner's going to bring you flowers or initiate sex or that you're going to initiate sex or plan a romantic night out away from the kids. But if we are only expecting the other person to initiate these things and not ourselves too, then we are not being fair to ourselves or the relationship. This is also where your Enneagram is going to come in, come into play real big as far as how intimacy goes for us. You need to learn your partner's Enneagram type. It's so important to understand them outside the bedroom, like we said, because that's what leads to feeling loved and emotionally connected close to you and then wanting physical touch, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us need that connection before we can even feel that physical touch and desire it and getting your partner to understand your Enneagram type will and can help with that as well. And I really just want to mention too, I'm going to do a specific post on each type and kind of some tips for their intimacy type two coming up when this interview airs so that I can give you more specific types. So just keep a lookout for that. And I'll share later. Um, my Instagram is Alicia Larkey, but just some tips to Krista that I was going to share too. Um, sometimes the way that we like to present intimacy, whether it's through gifts or touch, verbal language, eye contact, uh, verbal flirting, physical flirting, body language, anything else starts with knowing your partner. Not every man just wants someone to get right to it. And not every woman needs flowers. Right. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. And- that's huge. Or wants the same flowers every week. So it's, yes. you know, and then some will say, no, I'd just be glad to get any. So it's dependent on people in different seasons and not looking to the left or right, because you just don't know anybody else's story. So I love how you're saying it's really nuanced. It's really going to be individual. And I like how you're saying, although some are body types and it might be very relaxing for them to start with physical, it's always going to have an emotional element. So you can't skip that. 
Yes. Yeah. So, and we need to, we need to remember to ignore those like societal expectations. We need to talk to our partner specifically. So Matt knows flowers aren't my jam. I don't need flowers. I don't want you to spend the money on flowers. That is not my jam quality time for free. Any day of the week, baby, give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So actually I really want to encourage everybody today to talk to their partner. And I even asked Matt again last night, Hey, what is, what is intimacy for you right now? What's feeling like your favorite intimacy thing that's happened lately? What is, what is intimacy kind of meaning to you? And, you know, I know these pretty well because I really stay up to date with Matt. I really, we still stay really checked in with one another, even after being married all these years, these 23 years, um, you know, I really check in with that. So it was just, it's great. And it's a conversation to have. And now I really want to address that. I, I know some people out there have never had these kind of conversations with their partner, even when they're long-term. And yeah. so I understand that can be tough. And this is again, where you can seek a therapist, a counselor, or even a coach. If you are a person who maybe doesn't need therapy or counseling, contact one of us coaches. Again, go to Krista's website. You'll find a ton of different coaches. Look through there, see who you connect with and Mm -hmm. talk to them. Go talk to them private one-on-one and say, look, you know, this is really uncomfortable conversation. I don't know how to talk about my body, or maybe I don't know what my body really wants or how it wants to be touched. And if that's the case, we're here for you. There are plenty of people out there who can start that conversation in a very gentle and safe way Mm -hmm. and be able to guide you to learn those things about yourself and and how to use the words. And and they can be gentle words, or if you're a little more advanced and you already know some of those words, try it, create that safe space on a, on a date or at home or where, you know, your partner will also be comfortable to have this convo. Cause again, right. The magic tip is it starts with us, us and our partner, not something you're going to read online. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so important. I'm so glad you're reminding people that if they're like, Oh no, if the magic tip is me, what if I don't have the confidence to do this? Or it's just that awkward dance that we all get into sometimes. And you're saying that's where don't just give up, reach out, get encouragement from somebody in your circle, a mentor, a pastor, one of the ENM coaches, you guys are tremendous. And we've talked so much about how to attune with our clients so that we understand and our clients can tell us when they're comfortable and when they're not. So that way it's a very safe place. And you know, when a seven is leading a, tr- a crew, <laughs> I never ever would want and, and my crew knows this, we don't ever force anybody to do more than what they want to do. We yeah. encourage you to find the right fit for who you are. So just be picky. Just like I said recently about medication, if you have to take medication, be picky and fight for what you need. Do the same yeah. thing with the person because you're going to have this spouse your whole life and you need somebody who gets the two of you really well. And that's why we love Enneagram work, right? Because yeah. it is very nuanced and it really yeah. gets the, the details. Yeah. And, and especially even just like, you know, just to even give an example of that, if I was married to a five, I would know, like, you know, they're, they're going to want to prep and think for this conversation. So I'm going to respect that kind of time and not just, you know, on the way to circle K, throw that conversation out there. Or if this is a two, I'm going to know my spouse as a two is going to want to have a deep conversation that's about connection. So I really want to make sure I have time in my schedule for that to discuss intimacy kind of thing. And so, yeah, just again, it's learning your type and it's you taking the initiative and, and even, you know, even when Matt and I are, if we're having, you know, troubled time or whatever, but I really want that physical intimacy to come back so we can move on from a subject. Even me, sometimes I'll have to be like, take a deep breath and then just say, Hey, do you want to make love? Like, and that always works. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) So (laughs) 
happy no matter what has happened, no matter what little <laughs> problem throughout the day, or it's our kids, you know, or whatever dilemmas we've been going through, that always is an immediate yes. <laughs> love that. And then we are awesome. just madly in love with one another with one another again. And most times, I will tell you, 98% of the time, whatever it was, didn't even really need a discussion. We just needed to come back together and we were just standing our ground and being stubborn because we're seven old goats at 40. <laughs> so, so it's just like, you know, sometimes remember that sometimes just say like, look, I don't need the whole song and dance. Like, I just want to, I want to be intimate with you. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. You know? Yes. And I so think a lot of people are nodding with you because a lot yeah. of people, I mean, we know there's failure, even for those who aren't nodding, who are like, no way there's failure yeah. to thrive without physical touch. And there's a lot of evidence that tells you that just the connections you make between the two bodies, there's science and there's art to it. So yes. trust Alicia when she says this. And of yes. course, if it's not your top thing for you or your spouse, I want you guys to understand. I understand. And I've been interviewing a lot of double head type pairings lately. And some of them don't work that way because they're like, we love each other just through the brain. And so, yes. um, but I don't want them to lose their bodies either. Cause they also have yeah. bodies and we have to bring yes. people down. Sometimes they say to Wes, all right, I'm back up. Help me to come back down because the head is at the top of the body. And mm. so it's like very healthy for you guys to hear what she's saying is coming down from the head and even the heart down to these, to these centers where you can get your hormones just flowing. And I'm, I'm glad you're reminding people of how magical that really can be. Yeah. And, and it's not even, and I think a lot of people think of intimacy as like the finish line and it's not. So, so like what well, I was can just you expressing repeat that like, again, just real quick and I'll switch yes, that up. Just intimacy is not the finish line. And I really want you guys to remember that too, because, you know, I think again, this comes back to how society has portrayed what intimacy is, that it's just this physical thing. And it's not, again, it's emotional, it's mental, it's all these other things. It's spiritual. It's all these ways. And so it's not the finish line. So even in my example, I just gave, if Matt and I have had a rough day and, and there was really something there that caused conflict or strife or, or something I really needed to be heard on or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, I just want to be touched and loved and know I'm loved. And I know he's laying over there facing away, wanting the same thing. And I just, again, take that deep breath and, and say, Hey, do you want to make love? And yes. And, and he's instantly over there on my side of the bed. Well, guess what happens in the morning? We're waking up in that embrace in the morning. He's like, what do you want for breakfast? And we're starting the day off different than had we gone to bed. And I just held my ground and stayed silent, even though again, I wanted that physical affection. And I want, especially women, I really want you to remember this too. We have to want this for ourselves. We deserve that too. And it feels good. No matter head, body, heart type, yeah. it feels good. It's another way that says I am safe here with you and, and I am loved. And again, you know, obviously if you have some issues and, and relating to fidelity abuse and et cetera, obviously do that work first before you come yes. back to that yes. kind of advice. But I do want to say for those of us who are prepared for that, you know, you're going to wake up different. It really affects even the next day. So again, intimacy is not the finish line. Sex is not the finish line. And I think we've always believed that because once you're done with sex, I don't know another way to put it. You think it's the finish line, but no, you you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, me and Matt will always flirt the whole rest of the day. Oh, you remember last night, like mm -hmm. even all these years later, it just gets better and better and better. And it's yes. just like, 
I want you guys all to know that too. Like, mm. I, I don't want to just be holding on to this big old secret by myself. <laughs> join me. Guys. Join I'm going to join you right here too, because yes. honestly, like if all the other stuff has harder things, then people need to know that as you get more intimate together in other ways that you just learn each other's bodies better yes. and you learn your own body better and what feels really good. And then there's either a quiet connection or there's a verbal connection. And for us, there's even a lot of flirting beforehand. I get extremely yes. flirty <laughs> in those days before, or those moments or hours before. And, and Wes doesn't always pick up on it. So sometimes I have to tell him I'm getting really flirty right now for a certain reason. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh yeah. my gosh. And so, it's really yeah. like when you're, you're, you know, if you're a female and, and we've been talking about hormones lately, understand that this comes after about day you're, um, you're having your cycle and, and now it's a few days past your cycle. That's when really things start to get heated up. So this is when a woman starts to, whether she's ovulating for the purposes of making babies or not, this is when her body starts to heat up more. So that's just an extra fun tip, uh, to understand that you can rev up your energy engines in this moment, especially, I mean, and I know some months aren't going to be like that, but you're going to be married for years and years and years. Yes. So you need to remember these general trends of what she's saying of flirt afterwards, flirt before yes. sometimes have intimacy without having everything perfectly resolved. Cause life isn't perfect. Life is messy. You know, these are great tips, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. And even kind of coming, coming back even to what you were just saying about our hormones and, and our ovulation and stuff, especially for women, Matt often, he calls it every month. He's like, Oh, your body is calling me Yes, and by touching my arm that my skin feels different, that my skin Absolutely. is calling to him. And, and I'm like, okay, guy, go get finished, finished packaging up all those packages. For work. <laughs> and I'm like, then we'll talk. But he can like feel that energy too, coming from, we're mm -hmm. so in tune, attuned mm -hmm. to one another at this point because we create a physical intimacy. And so again, I want to encourage you guys. This is what is waiting for you on the other side. You get to have this, this attunement to one another's bodies where Matt can even sense that my body wants that physical affection and that physical closeness. And it, like, again, I said, it, it translates outside the bedroom. When we go to a Friday night varsity football game at our local high school with our kids. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I often have friends who will come up and be like, you two are always holding hands or mm -hmm. touching, or I was watching you guys, you were sitting there and your hand is on the back of his neck, like just you know, fingers through his hair. And I'm just like, Oh, you know, and sometimes people will point that out and I don't realize how just natural that is, but we've attuned so well physically mm -hmm. and it creates, again, it's not just intimacy or sex as a finish line. It creates that warmth and that flirtiness and that friendship and that fun and safety. So even for those types who are really looking for safety and security in the relationship, even me as a two, I'm looking for that. Mm -hmm. I get that even through those physical touches, those handholds, those hands on the neck kind of thing, the hand on the lower part of the back as we're walking it's hi, I love you. I'm here. And I really want you guys to know that does come from putting in this effort with that physical intimacy. So, yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I think that our listeners just needed to hear that. Cause I think sometimes we feel like, especially as women, we have to be strong. We have to show up for ourselves. We can't be taking any crap. And all of that is true. <laughs> But you have to also honor your bodily desires and marriage because yeah. they're for you. Like you said at the beginning, yes. intimacy desires, yes, they're for the other person too, but they're going to make you feel a lot better and a lot healthier. And then that yeah. vibe that you bring out into the world is that beautiful glow that is the collective yeah. gets to see one more portrayal of love. And when we see beautiful art, we just 
oh, we're just enthralled with that. And I believe that really healthy romantic love is some of those most beautiful art forms that we can see and be inspired by in nature and in life. So when you're out there doing that, people, including your kids and others and their friends, they have something to hope for and to look forward to. And that is the legacy that we leave is I'm going to show you how to love well, and I'm going to show you how to love well, even when you don't feel like it, because we don't ultimately want to let our feelings lead. We want to have a balance. So I like that we can let healthy feelings guide us. And I also like that we can say when the unhealthy feelings come up, we can say sometimes, let me explore that. Let me find the right timing for that. And then let me work through that so that I can get back to the healthy feelings. So I like how you brought that in too, for people, make sure you get coaching or counseling. If you just can't hear us yet, put this yeah, episode yeah. away. If you're not here yet. Yeah. Save it. Yep. Exactly. Save it. Come back to it. Cause it is for you too. And you deserve this. And again, I want you guys to reframe that whole mindset that intimacy is a finish line or intimacy is for them. It's not, it's also for us and it can provide all those things you're looking for, that unstuckness and that love and that safety and that security. And just also how you were saying, like it can affect the community. Um, Matt and I have been mentoring for years. I mentor teenage mm-hmm. girls and he is um, a, a varsity high school baseball coach. And so he mentors young mm-hmm. men. And it's just really special too, because we've even had mm-hmm. some of those kids. We're very close to all of our teen little guys and girls, <laughs> our teens that we mentor. We're close to them. And we've even had some of them who we are super duper close to come up and tell us, you know, you guys are the only only example of like a loving safe mm-hmm. marriage that I've seen because some of them, you know, do have yes. homes where, you know, there's tough stuff going on. And so we know that when they're in our home and around us, that they are seeing this is possible for you. And, you know, it's also sharing that other people can break cycles. Matt's parents were divorced. And so we got to break that cycle and Matt gets to have that safety in our marriage too. So it was a way the healing and I'll share this, I'll share this on my social media, but it's a way we can also heal each other. This and physical intimacy that leads to safety and security is a way we heal each other. And yeah. So I love how you work with teens and give them this example that almost brought a tear to my eye, which, you know, takes a lot for me, but like, <laughs> it, I was like feeling the tear. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then secondly, I really want to say, tell me uh, before we end where I know we're ending in a minute, but tell us about um, some tips for brides, because I know you also have such a passion for working with brides. You guys do. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt and I, in addition to myself being a life coach, we are wedding photographers and that's been my main job for quite a while now before even life coaching. And so we often already got to be life coaching and sharing these kinds of tips with our brides and grooms. So Matt and I are a husband and wife wedding photography team. And so Matt gets to pour into these grooms as well and, and give them these tips that have worked really well for us to keep, not just like, here's some tips, the secrets of a happy marriage, right? Everybody's always asking a couple who are together for a long time, that, but to a fulfilling marriage, that's what we want to tell them. Not just like, Oh, call each other. You know, it's, it's these things that lead to fulfillment. You know, we've been together for a very long time. And so I think I have some, some uh, validation here that these have worked. So obviously number one, number one, number one is keeping that romance and intimacy alive. There are no excuses. Both of you are hundred percent responsible for this, not 50, 50. So I really want to remind everybody that take that, like I was saying, it's on you, not them take that first, that hundred percent and not 50, 50, your marriage is the most important thing over ego, over burdening yourself with busy things that you might use as excuses. I'm stressed. I'm exhausted. If you are too exhausted or stressed to keep your physical and emotional intimacy alive, then you need to look at what's taking up your time and you need to reevaluate your priorities. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a hardcore coach. I'm coming out the gate and holding you accountable for that. That was huge. 
Good. Yeah. So for those of you who will say, but what if I have little kids? I, I'm exhausted. I hear you, but I'm also not going to give in to this. <laughs> I had three young kids too, and a business to run. And I still always, always worked on my own intimacy needs and my husband's. Why? Because my marriage again is top priority. Our kids are affected by however our marriage is going. This is so important, mm-hmm. especially for those of you who are parents to remember that if you're missing the emotional and the intimate connection, then, and you're just feeling angry, defeated, and lonely, just know that is likely trickling right down to our kids in different ways. Don't let that happen. Go talk to a coach, a therapist, a counselor, figure Mm -hmm. out why. And then you can get back on that road to keeping the romance and the intimacy alive. If you want Mm -hmm. more specific intimacy tips regarding physical intimacy that I can't share here in a public forum, (laughs) (laughs) obviously you can reach out to me for private coaching or one of the many awesome coaches on Krista's website, who are also my colleagues. They're all awesome. Um, That's enneagramandmarriage.com. Now on to tip number two, ready? Okay. Forgive the little stuff. It will not matter next year what you are mad about today. I promise. And Krista say the same thing, right? Yeah. If it's the little stuff. Yes. Yes. If it's the little stuff, let it go. Life goes by really fast. Use your days for good, for memories, intentional, loving words and actions instead of resentments. Now I'm not talking about toxic positivity at all. What I am talking about are the little things just sometimes let them go. If you can tell like everybody and the family and the group is kind of over it. And this is something you're kind of always harping on. Just let it go and create the memories. That's hilarious. They do that to me. Yes. They're like, get over it, mom. I'm like, no. Yes. (laughs) We gotta, we gotta listen to them sometimes. Right. I know. Right. Number three. Yeah. Number three, be best friends, be best friends, go on road trips, build things together, go to your kids activities together. Even if it means leaving work early so you can ride together and hold hands in the car. Quality time is how friendships grow, even in marriages. And this creates major intimacy and connection when you feel like your spouse is your best friend. Now, I'm not saying they fulfill every one of your needs. You have to have best friends outside of your spouse. It is absolutely crucial to our mental well-being. but be also best friends with your spouse. It is important. Okay. Number four, love harder than you fight. Talk about your issues, but put more passion into loving than fighting. Thank them. Look for those things that you can express gratitude to for them, for your marriage and for your family. Again, this is all trickling down. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Tell them how pretty or handsome they are. Be affectionate, physically, verbally, and emotionally affectionate. Ready for number five, Krista? Yes, absolutely. These are great. Good. We are for number five. We are drum roll going back to number one. I knew it. I was like, no, she's (laughs) not going to do that. (laughs) It's two spots on my list. Intimacy and passion for one another is listen up. Here we go. Here we go. Non-negotiable. You have to have this mindset physically, mentally, emotionally, right? You've heard these words 50 times today. You are responsible for this, not your spouse. If you lead in this area, you will be surprised that your example can become the norm for both of you. So those are my tips. Those are what I share. Those are fantastic. Everybody is, I know just really something touched them today. And I know that it was probably just like for me, the reminders of how much we have some healthy 
power and control over ourselves and our relationships. Yeah. Cause I think the biggest thing we feel is I can't do anything about it. And you just reminded us like the simple act of loving your spouse in their love language, the simple act of coming toward doing the turning towards behaviors that John Gottman talks about the simple act of showing up physically. And I love these last tips about making sure you never forget to spend time together. And you're saying that as a parent who can relate to every single stage, not as a parent who's like, yeah. I haven't been through any of it yet, which trust me, there's a lot to, to be learned from young, the youngest of therapists, but I love how you're saying I've done it. I've been here. I have kids yes. in my twenties and you can do it too, because I need to hear that frankly. And I had to really learn that this year to fight for, mm. um, our Monday nights together. And I had to shift clients around. And once I told them the reason why they were all like totally for it, because they want me to be thriving too, in my marriage. Um, yes. so it's really important that you tell teachers, clients, coworkers, uh, small group people, if your marriage isn't going well, take the time because everybody wants you to thrive. We want to see you be that beautiful example of love out there. And Alicia, thank you so much for being that to us today. You and Matt tell him please for us. And then tell us where we can find you guys. Um, because we'd love to continue finding you and to, you know, yes. I want everyone to get to know you. Yeah, please come find me. I love meeting new people. Obviously, hello too. <laughs> um, yes. I love meeting new people. And I especially love hearing stories because it's what helps me gather these things to share. So come find me. There's a couple different ways you can find me. So I'm going to share those, of course. Um, all things Enneagram, like coaching, marriage coaching, um, Enneagram coaching. For those of you who haven't even started understanding your Enneagram, maybe this is the first time you're tuning into Enneagram podcasts. Obviously, find a ton of uh, information here on Krista's site. But also, if you want to pop over to my site, alishalarkey.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A-L-A-R-K-E-Y.com. Uh, I have a free Enneagram typing guide over there. It's, I think it's 25 pages and you can download that. You can look through there and kind of get started on your Enneagram journey and even kind of start discovering what your spouse or partner might, may or may not be there. So definitely come follow me over there. Um, I'm on Instagram almost every day over there, and I'm always sharing new tips about relationships and and Enneagram and all things. So that's at Alicia Larkey, all one word on Instagram. Uh, for those of you who are listening about my wedding photography and want to check any of that out, I do sometimes share over there about the Enneagram as well. And, and I'm going to be doing some Enneagram by type bridal post over there. So if you'd like to follow that, my wedding photography brand is make it happen photography. You can find that on Instagram. Um, and I think Krista will be probably sharing that down below. So, and I also tend to post more, um, family and personal stories there on the Insta stories over at make it happen photography. Mm -hmm. Um, just because it's been my longtime business. So it's home. It's where all my friends follow for sure. So you'll see a little more of our personal life there. And you you can meet this, this Matt I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And so, and I also highly encourage my brides and grooms, um, over there to learn types and communication. And so I'll share tips and stuff like that. So if you're in weddings, um, and then I'm also a Disney wedding fairy tale photographer and was a Disney fairy tale bride myself. So we have a specific Disney Instagram. That one is called making.magic.happen. And that's where I post all Disney weddings and Disney related stuff. And I'm actually looking for a graphic artist right now to help me put together some Disney Enneagram posts that I'm hoping to share over on that. That would be fun. And I'd be very excited, but yeah, I tend to share like Disney weddings. And then we also have a Disney Etsy shop there. Um, so you'll find all of that at making.magic.happen. So those are kind of my three, my three little places I live and where you can find me. And again, I'd love to 
talk to any of you and meet any of you. So feel free to come say hello on any of those accounts. Yes. And you're locally in Arizona, right? Yes. Scottsdale, Arizona. Yep. Wow. What a fantastic display of your invigorating type two wing three energy. I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Awesome. I know that so many are just like, Oh, now I'm really curious. So thank you for sharing those. And I will definitely be putting everything in the show notes. Alicia, you are awesome. Keep it up guys. She's a great coach and she's a great colleague. So please check her out. And thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for sharing this with people. You're such a great conduit for anyone who comes on. So thank you. Thank you. Well, that was very, very cool to hear and to be reminded that we ourselves have so much ability to shape our lives. Yes, there is so much that's out of our control, but there's a lot that's in our control too, guys. So into your weeks we go, into my week I go, and I hope that you guys have a blast as you figure out how to show love better. And I know when you're not having a blast, you're going to know we're right there with you, sweating it out and hopefully showering after we sweat it out, but also just really learning and being curious about what worked and what isn't working and why it's not working. So let us help you there as much as you want with our deep dives or glow guides. Let Alicia help you if you're looking for some individual coaching. She's phenomenal. And I just hope you guys have a wonderful day. Love living intentionally with you.